Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Yvonne Latrell's podcast. I am the host, Yvonne Latrell. My co-host, Essie, and I are here today for this Thoughtful Tuesday. Hi, honey. How are you? Hey, baby girl. How you doing? I'm great. You me being I was trying to kill the sausage. <laughs> I was just eating a brownie. <laughs> yes, my sister is over here, and um, she bought some brownies that I definitely do not need because I'm doing so good on my diet, and I've been drinking a lot of water with lemon. I'm still on this water and lemon. So, yeah, I'm doing super great, and I'm looking super fabulous, and I'm exercising, and I feel so great. Mm. Okay, okay. I know I'm gonna I have my... passed out the other day. When... <laughs> yeah, Whatever. What no, I was going to say that <laughs> I'm going to have um, one of my sisters on the show, but you were going to talk about... For Mother's Day, when I told you I cooked breakfast for my mom, whatever, <laughs> I already know what you were about to say. Yeah, that's exactly what. <laughs> okay, but everyone Your can't phone do is everything. Out. Your phone is cracking out. Your phone it's, is cracking out. Oh my gosh! Now it, it's still doing it now. Mhm. Oh gosh. Yes, ma'am. I can't believe this stupid headset. Okay, let's see. Um, I'm not going to use this headset anymore. Okay, I am... Okay, how do I sound? Do it again. I'm here. Hello, hello. I just let myself in. I just called in. Better. Okay, that's better. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to have to call in from here and out. Okay, yeah, so... Uh, okay, so, and you were saying... Oh, no, I was just laughing when you had told me. I was like, damn... I said, is she going to be all right? You know, I just wanted to check up on her and make sure she was good when she said you was cooking, you know. But everybody so, can't do everything. I can do a little cooking. Cooking is not my thing. It's not going to be my thing. I don't care to cook. I like to um, get a carry out because uh, Sunday I went and got some Outback. I really like Outback Steakhouse. So, yeah, that's what um, we had for dinner. But, yeah, I'm just not a cook. I can't do everything. I just don't want to cook, put it that way. I was going to say, I sound like you don't want to cook. That's all. You just use it. Oh, I can't cook. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, you sure enough got up and said, yeah, I'm going to make my mother this. I'm going to make her that. I'm going to make her that. Hold on. Because you say you don't, you don't cook or you can't cook or one of the two. No, I didn't you know. really say that I couldn't cook. I said that, um, well, it doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm not a cook. (laughs) If I have to cook, then I will do a little something, but I'm not going to do anything too major. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just do carry out after carry out. Well, how's your morals? Hmm? Ain't complaining. Your mom's all right. She ain't complaining. No spaghetti cake or not, right? Whatever. <laughs> oh, I got so calling to check up on her now. <laughs> mm. Oh man, you know me. I ain't do nothing. I've just been uh, busy writing and 
putting some stuff together, you know, I got a couple of projects that's coming up and they're coming close to an end date, you know, so get that going. I got um I got two surprise guests I wanna to bring to the show and um both of them are big in the music industry and a couple of people will know who they are when they come to the show and we're trying to figure that out because one of them is on tour right now and um, he said he'll pull away from the tour but we're going to have to figure that out because I know we're not going to be able to talk to him for the whole 30 minutes so we'll figure that out for the most part you know Right. And also for everyone out there that's listening, we are going to be doing some live shows coming up. So just stay tuned for those. Just stay tuned and you will be updated on our our live shows that's coming up. So I wanted to say that. And then before we get into the news, the current news, I have some advertisements. If you are in the Florida area and you're looking for plumbing or AC, you can contact, it's a company, ATC, and they have a website, www.atcair.com. That's www.atcair.com. And they also have a phone number, 954 346-0506. Again, that's 954-346-0506. And what else do we have here? Oh, if you are in the North Carolina area and you're looking to buy or sell homes, you guys can check out www.weaverstreetrealty.com. That's www.weaverstreetrealty.com. And also, if you are in the Alabama area and you're looking for a place to stay, a nice place, Ashford Place Apartments, you can check out their website. It's uh, www.ashfordplacehomes.com. That's www.ashfordplacehomes.com. And... uh, that's all that I have um, for right now. Mm-hmm. Great okay, job, yeah. Anna White. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and back to you, Bob. <laughs> and back to you, Bob. All right. Hot off, hot off the presses. Um, uh, so much, so much, so much to talk about. But I want to talk about well, something that's been on my feed a lot okay. this week. Okay. Okay. And that's the Gabrielle Union uh, thing. You seen that? Oh yeah, but before I, I was going to say something real quick. The uh, what mm-hmm. do you think about? Well, did you hear about the the girl that had she had an abortion? I guess her. Boyfriend didn't want her to have one, and then oh, she had one that. anyways. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. No, I, I heard about it. I heard about it. I didn't hear too much. I think I heard it in passing. I heard it in passing, you know. There was a case similar to that a few years ago where um, I can't remember where it was at, but the girl was pregnant by this guy, and um, the mother convinced her to have an abortion, he had the abortion. The boyfriend found out about it. He was upset about it. The girl and the boy started messing around again. She got pregnant again. And before the mother could talk to the daughter, the son wound up killing the mother. And then she could, he convinced the daughter to help him get rid of the body. And oh, no. these two only took her body across the street to the next complex. They didn't even, like try to clean up the scene and everything. And how they got caught was that when somebody had seen her car, the mother's car, realized it didn't belong there, and it was just sitting there, so blood started pouring out of the back of the car. Um, So the the police 
ran the plates, found out she lived in the next subdivision over. They went over to the subdivision to contact the, mother, the daughter, let her know that her mother was found dead or whatever. And the only reason why they got arrested was because their child, well, her daughter brought the grandmother's pocketbook to the mother while she was standing at the door with the police, and there was blood on the pocketbook. So they wound up running the DNA and found out it was the mother and everything. You know how that went. You know, it was yeah. him against her. You know, you know, people get into survival mode. And I don't care how much they love you. If it, if it means their freedom, you know, they're going to turn on you. So, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's just, you know, that's becoming a situation now, you know, with people killing somebody over, you know, killing their child. You know, that's a, that's a hurtful thing, too, you know. Um, what woman to tell you, oh, you know, I, I um, had an abortion. You know, but I can't tell a woman what to do with her body. But I think that it would only be fair if she discussed it with the father and they gave each other the input. And then if that was her decision, then that's her decision, you know. It should but be discussed with the father. Back, you know? It should be discussed you know, with the father because if they decide to have it, then and um, rather the father wants the child or not, they're going to put him on child support. So I think yeah. the father should have some say-so about it. So I don't know, because I know I have somebody on child support. So ain't nobody going to be making no agreement with me, like, okay, I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you that. No, you get your ass on child support. Um, unless me and you agree <laughs> to something. <laughs> we come up on something that we both agree to, not what you feel that I should get, but... That's why I feel like the father should have some, you know, uh, he should have a, a say-so about it. Yeah. But, you well, know, because it's his a lot of women. Too. Yeah, yeah. But some women, I, I'm, I was going to say a lot of women, but some women, you know, they use that as a way to punish the father because they're no longer with the the child's mother. I mean the, the 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 father of the child, you know, and some women use it as a as a come up, you know. I used to right. think that um you know, that child support was a, a a week's chick's come up, you know, and that was only through circumstances that I heard about until then I realized certain circumstances she needs that child support. She needs that that support from the father, you know, as he, he's in the child life or not. He still needs that support, you know. So my 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 thought process changed as I got older. And you got to look at everything is case by case, you know. If the mother's yeah. doing the sole providing everything, then you know, then she needs. Yeah, it, whoever you know? have the child, if if the if the mother is raising the child, or if the father is raising the child, whoever the child lives with, the other person. Either they should either be on child support or they both should come up on a agreement together. It shouldn't yeah. be like, okay, well, I'm going to just give you this and, you know, that's, you know, that's that. It shouldn't be that way. So that's why I said both people, both parents should be able to uh, come to some type of agreement. Yeah. Um that's um that's true that's true it's um you like you in in space yeah no 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 i'm trying to um i'm trying to to multitask while i'm talking to you i'm trying to make sure that this is still set up <laughs> okay yeah it's um it's one of the situations that is it's a conversation that needs to be heard, a conversation that needs to be had. It shouldn't just be a one-sided decision, you know. I think that's the fairest thing to do, even if she wants to have them or not, you know. You know, it, um, I think in a lot of times, you know, they, they feel like, shit, it's my body. I'm going to decide on my own and this, that, and the third. 
I understand that, but it took both of y'all to create that style. It took both of y'all being in that room, and y'all made a, um, I didn't, um, Stop hold on, the guest just texted me. Hold on, no, 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 the guest just texted me. Yeah, hold on, she's telling me something. I think she is. Okay, I text you also. Okay. Okay, so while he is looking at his phone and and is distracted. Yeah, let me let me let me respond back. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna respond back. Okay, 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 okay. Yes. So, um, I feel like, and I uh, did this topic before about if you know, a woman, or female, rather, because everybody is definitely not a woman. If you get pregnant, you should talk to father. And, yes, it's your body, but it's someone else's life. So that's that's all. That's how I feel about that. But... um and in other news, I guess SC was going to talk about Gabrielle Union and the Dwayne Wade situation where they split the bills. I'm pretty sure most of you have heard that. It was on the radio, and I did see a clip of it where she said that she – helps out, well, she paid, they they paid uh, 50-50, and she said that because if she don't work, then they're not going to eat or something like that. So um, I guess the question is, should... Yeah, I'm back. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Where were we at now? <laughs> I was. I had already. This is not funny. I had already started talking about the Gabrielle <laughs> Union situation, where, and you didn't read my text either. I I told you I texted you as well. But um, anyways, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I did. Um, okay, yeah. So I was talking about the Gabrielle Gab, Gabrielle Union and the Wayne Weed situation where she said that they pay uh, 50-50. So the question is, should a man pay all the bills or should should a man and woman go 50-50? 50-50. I'm 50-50. So um, me personally... Yeah, I'm listening. Okay. Okay, yeah. So me personally, I don't believe in 50-50. I do believe if the man is the head and, you know, mm-hmm. he's the, the the leader of the family, I do believe that he should be doing more. I do believe that the wow. woman is the help me, so she should carry her weight. The woman should definitely carry the weight. I don't believe a man should do any and everything because I just don't believe that. So, like I said, I do believe that the woman is to help me. So, Mm, but now in their situation, well, now in their situation, is she really paying 50, 50 or is she saying that to make people like her? Because now they are, to me, I think they are one of the most hated people. So I'm not sure because, Mm. um, how much did they say he was worth? Did they say 200, um, was it two hundred million? Oh, okay. He's uh two hundred million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, my so. thing is this: I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it all day. The man's supposed to be the provider. This, that, a third. Yeah, I, I, I get it all day. But it's funny to me that women always yell, you know, or complain, paying half of the bills. But when they get a divorce, he's entitled to half of his stuff. Let's play fair now. If she didn't, if but she that, didn't, yeah, uh, but that goes both ways. But no, that. but that goes both ways. Look at Mary J. Blige. Well, you know what? And and at the end of the day, you're right. You're right. 
There is fear, and I play fear. Yeah, whoever if makes most of them like Kelly the Clarkson. Door, yeah, but they, you, you got to think about their their financial status is 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 a public thing. You understand what I'm saying? So we think about the man that works a nine to five, and all he has to his name is probably the house, and she'll get that, and she'll be screwing some other new dude in the house. You understand what I'm saying? I just play fair with me. That's it. If you didn't, if if my writing career goes somewhere, do you think I owe that to the person that I'm getting a divorce from? But or she's that's entitled why people to should it. get a prenup. What, but no, but that's why people should get a prenup. Now, some people nah. they uh, won't have. Some people won't have. Some people they just uh, they wanted to just be over. Just go, 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 whatever. Um. But but it it like I said it does depend on what the other person has because the man doesn't always have more, and so okay and and okay now I did say that the man should be doing more now if a woman makes more yeah she should yeah she should pay him more if she makes more because I mean if you just make more then you know you just make more you know um, but. If I'm paying more because I have more, then there's there's still other things that you can be doing, like you know, um, washing the cars. Um, you know, I'm just saying, just there there are physical things that that you can be doing. So yeah, I think like this, and we in this together, we're gonna go fifty fifty. And I know your situation. You just, okay, now I want to ask you something. When you got a divorce, right? No, we are not talking about my divorce. (laughs) We are not talking about my divorce. No, we're not not talking about my divorce. (laughs) Why are you laughing? I'm I'm just saying we're not talking about. But but I didn't try to, I didn't want anything. Yeah, but okay, I didn't but want anything. You were offered it. This, now, okay. You might but I didn't, want I didn't anything. want anything. I didn't try to fight for anything. But you were offered, I bet you. You ain't got to answer it. Just your response alone or your non-response alone tells me that you were offered. But what if you didn't put into that house? But you're still entitled to it. They didn't ask him that. I'm pretty sure they didn't ask him that because you know my situation. And I but yeah, but, know okay, that. But, but this is what I said. Everybody, everybody don't want something from the the other person. You know, you just want to get out, and you're just, you know, you know, you're better off regardless. So I'm just saying, everybody is not always about money. Just get me the fuck up out of this. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, Trust me, I know. Trust me, I know. Trust me. <laughs> you know, but I just need. But but the one thing is, like I said, but 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 the one thing I did say, I'm not going fifty fifty with no man, no matter no matter what. I'm not going fifty fifty. He's going to have to be doing more than me. I don't care if it's sixty forty. I'm, but it's not going to be fifty fifty because the man wants to be the head. The man wants to lead, and if I'm if I'm following a man and if I'm submitting to a man, you know. Um, Hey, that's his role. I'm not trying to. I'm. I'm not trying to be on the same level as a man. So he he needs to be. But I'm not going to submit to a man unless he's worth submitting to. So okay, but you still want him to pay that that sixty percent, right? He's worth it, huh? But you're going to still want him to pay that sixty percent. You're going to still want him to pay that sixty to seventy percent of everything, right? My thing is this. Why do women, if you're not going to submit to a man or you want to be with a man, then why, be, why if you're not going to submit to a man, then why be with that man? If you say that right. you well, well, you're going to submit or whatever to a man. Who's worth submitting to? But just like me and you know, because you always say um, also, like when you meet somebody, you're meeting their representative. You don't meet the real them until later on. And then by the time, you know, it. You realize who they is. It's like, hell, oh, fuck no, I'm not submitting to you. You're not worth it. 
But the thing so, is this, though. You guys, you guys seem to always know when your man is cheating, but y'all seem not to know when he's a good man. And all you have to do is watch. If you watch a person long enough and stop listening to what they say with your ears and listen to what they say with your eyes. No, I'm saying women, women. You know, because y'all always Mm -hmm. talk about, oh, he wasn't worth submitting to it. He wasn't this. At what point in time did you figure that out? And then when you did figure it out, why you stay? Was it a, so that you could have enough ammunition to talk about this man or try to defame this man at some point in time? So do we, we say that, oh, he was a terrible dude, or do we say that you had terrible decision-making and you stuck around for the rest of that abuse when you already knew he wasn't good enough? You, should, you, you know, y'all always say, oh, yeah, he started showing signs. So when he started showing signs, why not address the signs? That's yeah, but that goes thing. both that's, ways that's uh, for a man as well. A man yeah. stay, a woman stay. But I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't know. I mean, some people. I mean, that that definitely doesn't um, um, pertain to me because, like, the older I get, the less bullshit that I'm dealing with. So I'm not sticking around for anything. If I did in the past when I was younger, okay, whatever. But as I get older, I'm out of there. It's well, kind of like we, we stick uh, around to a degree, you know. We stick around to a degree. Trust me. We 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 exit out of relationships similar to y'all, but we we more so we are our emotions on our sleeve. So y'all physically see us leave. With y'all, y'all leave mentally and then the physical. But we're so caught up in us thinking that, oh, she's not going to go nowhere, not realize she left mentally already. But with men, we always get caught because we always do something physical. We always, you get caught with a phone number. You get caught with um, texting somebody. You get caught with, with all types of stuff, the Internet or whatever. With women, y'all are so sneaky about it, you know, because everything that y'all start is emotional. Y'all start with the little flirting at work or the little flirting here and there. And you say, well, I'm not going to take your phone because I got a boyfriend and this, that, and the third. But you still know you have access to this guy. Whereas a man, we get caught because we want that girl's phone number so we can continuously know because we know she has more options than just us. You know, so. And, and then, again, I'm speaking for myself. You know, I can't speak right. for Right, yeah, because I know the thing has nothing to do with me because it's the same other situation. The only know. thing that you did say that I that um, I agree with as far as a woman is is the mental because we do leave mentally because once once it's a mental thing, like once, once I'm done, I am done. And I mean that, I am yeah. done. Don't call me, don't text me. Herself. Yeah. You'll never get her back. If she leaves you for herself, if she leaves you for her self-gratification, for her mental, everything, then you'll never get her back ever again, you know. And that's a fact. Right. You know, that ain't something right. I just made up. That's a fact, you know. So. But, right. And, man, then, and like I said, is, you know, the older that um, you get, your choices are different. Just everything, you know, just everything is different. So, but, yeah, like I said, whatever I um, uh, took back when I was in my 20s, I will not deal with now, you know, almost 50. Definitely not. And if somebody did something to me, like a guy did something to me um, in my my 20s, of course I'm going to forgive him now because – I'm almost 50. I mean, I forgive everybody, but, uh, but you know, if I meet someone now and, you know, both of us are like, you know, we're almost 50, I'm not dealing with no shit that I dealt with in my 20s. Like, uh-uh. No way. But um, anyways, isn't it It's time for our guest? Is there anything that you want to say before we bring on our guest? Uh, No. Do you want to? We, 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 uh. Do you want to introduce our guest? Oh, sure. 
this young lady named Tanisha Zoe, and she is doing her thing. But I'm going to let her t- explain to y'all what she's doing. She's an author, and she's got a couple of other projects, but I think we're going to talk about her writing tonight. Um, so if she's on, you can let her on in. Hello, hello, okay. guys. How are you? Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, you have such a beautiful <laughs> voice. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I have yes. to apologize to you because I know my, my whole text message and everything was very confusing tonight, <laughs> and I appreciate it you. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I thought he said 9 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No worries. We the show at 9 o'clock. interview at 9 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, you know, I know you are uh, a very um, understanding woman. <laughs> so Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you again, you know. But, um, all right, so I'm going to get into the questions. I'm going to ask you a couple questions and, you know, just to get the people to know who you are and what you do, all right? Okay. All right, sounds good. All right. So uh, when did you first realize you wanted to be a writer? Interesting, because in, in hindsight, um, when people ask me that question, I didn't know. But my godbrother reminded me probably about five years ago. He was like, I knew you were supposed to be a writer because you used to always come to my house. And you always had a notebook and a pen or a pencil of some sort. And you were always, like, doodling. Like, you may not have, I may not have been compiling a story, but I was always, like, doodling on a piece of paper or something like that. My mom would leave mail around the house, and I would just kind of write notes and things like that or whatever. So in hindsight, I'm like, I, I know I was supposed to write. Like, it's a passion. Um, it just kind of took me a while to catch up. Um, how long did it take you to write your book? So my first book um, is called God Co-Parenting. Um, there was a challenge that Tiffany Montgomery, you may know Tiffany Montgomery. Um, um, yeah. She's local to Raleigh or whatever. So she um, had me, um, well, she did a challenge on social media, and basically she was like, you know, basically all of you guys have books in you. I'm going to give you 30 days to write a book. And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, ah. That's kind of impossible to write a book in 30 days. But when she gave us the outline and basically said, pick something that, you know, you're passionate about, or it could be something, you know, you're going through, whatever, write about it, get your, get an outline, and just go. So at the time or whatever, I was um, struggling to co-parent with um, my child's father, and I started writing co-parenting from the perspective of what it should actually look like. Um, so I actually got to finish that book in 30 days. It took me about another 30 to publish and things like that because um, I self-published it and I did everything with my own funding. But, like, it took me 30 days to write my first book. Oh, okay. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. What is your real-life work schedule like when, um, when you're writing? Um, so, you know, technology and things like that, um, it's not like it was before. You know, when I first wrote my first book, it was like I'm literally carrying around a laptop and I'm trying to, you know, work and go on my break and type in a car, et cetera. But with technology and all the apps that, you know, are out now, actually now I dictate my books. So if I get, like, some downtime, you know, especially as a mom of five kids with a heavy football schedule, work schedule, personal life schedule. I also travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I find myself on the plane, like writing notes in my iPhone or dictating for 30 minutes a day just to kind of finish books and things like that. So basically it's an app called Rev Recorder, and I actually write mm-hmm. a recording it, and then I submit it, and somebody transcribes it. It's not really expensive. It's probably about 10 cents. 10 to 15 cents a minute or something like that, and they transcribe it for you, and it doesn't come out perfect. Like, you may have, like, some grammatical errors and things like that, but for the most part, mm-hmm. it's perfect for me to copy it, put it in a document, 
and finish, like, editing it and then, you know, continue on. Like, tomorrow I may pick up and say, oh, I left off here, let me dictate, you know, when I get some free time. So, yeah, that's how I actually balance it out with life and being a mom and things like that now. Okay, okay. What is what would you say is your most interesting writing quirk? Writing quirk. Um I don't know. I would have to say like just like those spontaneous moments that I spoke about. Like things come to me sometimes when I'm driving or when I'm flying or things like that. Um it comes to me in the weirdest places, like I may be in a shower or something like that, and something that comes to me and I instantly have to, like, write it down or record it in my phone. So um, I guess, like, movement. I would say, like, movement. When I'm moving around and it seems like my head is, like, full of ideas, that's when I feel like I have a download. I'll record something. Okay. Yeah, I've had those moments, too, where I I wake up out of my seat and be like, oh, and write something down real quick. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> absolutely no, you got know, to because you won't absolutely. remember it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and don't tell yourself oh i'm gonna remember i'm gonna remember it because that's what you're gonna totally forget you're gonna totally forget what you were gonna say or how you were gonna say it you might remember what you was gonna say but you'll forget how you were gonna say it you know so um absolutely and at this big age if it's not in my phone i won't remember it so I have to put stuff in the calendar, yeah. put stuff in the phone to remember it. So you're absolutely right. All right. So how did you get your books published? So I actually self-published. Um, I researched everything myself, like how to do the, the numbers, how to get the ISBN numbers. Um, I hired a publisher off of, um, I think it was Fiverr initially, I hired a publisher, part she was out in California. So we worked back and forth. We worked because she was actually on a different time zone. Um, I hired an editor. I hired everybody I needed to make this book um, get published. And from there, I published it, and I put it on Amazon. You know, there's a process as far as, like, getting your book and, like, um, Barnes and Nobles and things like that. And that, that is a goal of mine, but for now... I just put them on Amazon, and, like, the first 50 copies I will print. And, you know, people hear about the book. And I got actually, like, a little following um, locally and, you know, across the world. People follow me on social media and stuff like that. And they'll be asking, like, oh, when is your next book dropping, et cetera. So, like, I'll do the first 50 because it can get expensive with, like, publishing and stuff like that. And for the most part, after mm-hmm. that, I just post it on Amazon. Um, I'm more concerned with, like, getting the reviews and things like that as far as it being, like, lucrative. So, yeah, okay. self-publishing is the way to go now. Yeah. Okay. Where do you get your information or your ideas for your book? Like, do you do, like, research on what you're, what you're going to write about or you just go off the top of your head? So that's a good question. So the first book I told you was kind of like a, a – like a little trivia or a little challenge. So then from there, um, my mo- my mother started transitioning in 2012. She was dying, and I started writing. Like when I would be in the room with her, I would be watching her, I would, I would start writing, like everything, like childhood stuff. Um, she actually had a um, brain tumor um, as she was transitioning. That was like the final stages of cancer. So what I noticed mm-hmm. is I could only hold her attention for like, 60 seconds. So I would take my notebook Mm. in there and I would talk to her and I would try to ask her questions. So I realized as she was transitioning, I was like, I never got to meet my dad. I never got to meet my dad. Like maybe it's time time for her to me to ask her her these questions now. Um, What was I like as a child? You know what I'm saying? Outside of those childhood, you know, zero to eight that I really didn't recollect. Like, what was my childhood like? Was I spontaneous? Was I a mean kid? Was I outgoing? So I started asking her those questions, and as I got her to respond, I was writing them down. Um, Shortly after she transitioned, I started writing about my life. However, I started writing about my life in third person. So with that being said, the book is literally a series. 
So it's going to be like eight books total. So I've completed like two of them, but the content pretty much came from like my life and things that I went through as like a childhood, as a child, as a single parent, as someone that's had kids with like multiple men, as an adult, what my life has been like, um, being homeless with my kids. Like I write about all of that, but I write about it in third person. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was my next question. Where do you create your main characters from? So are you going with um, so you're going with actual things that's happened to you? That's that's oh, that's yeah. wow. That's uh, that's oh a, yeah, that's, actual um, <laughs> that's a brave thing to do, you know, especially when you know what people would find like it's the lowest part of your life, you know, and you're exposing mm-hmm. that. So I give you a lot yeah. of props for that because that takes a lot of courage to say, hey, listen, this is what my situation was. But then when they look at the outcome of things now, you know, they can't stick into that whole thing of you being, you know, caught up in a a situation where you were homeless or you couldn't. You understand what I'm saying? So I I give you props for that, you know. Um, So my next question is, what would your your next book be about, you think? Is it going to be the series or are you going to jump around? Because I know sometimes authors, when they write series, they say, hey, listen, you know what, let me jump off of this for a second and do something else and then jump back onto the series. So are you going to continue just writing the series out until it's completed? Yeah, because the goal is to eventually get picked up, especially with, like, all of these um, companies that are like Netflix, Hulu, Peacock, things like that. They're looking for series and things like that. So. My goal is to literally manifest having my book as a series on somebody's television um, eventually. So I'm going to complete the series because I can submit things all day, right? But if you don't have a completed product, nobody will really want to look at you. So, um, yeah, I'm going to finish that that series first. That probably will take me the next two years. And then after that, I actually want to jump into children's books. especially being a mom of kids that have ADHD. Um, I definitely mm-hmm. want to jump into children's books and write what our day sometimes look like with, with my boys that do have to take medication and, um, to help control their impulse behaviors and things like that at school. So, yeah, that's a long-term goal. Okay. How long ago did you put out your first book? Like, Yeah, I put out my first book. book in, it was in 2016. Okay. Okay. Yep. So I know you said. So I know you said that um you know sometimes when thoughts come to you 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 write it down or whatever. But what is your writing space like? What do you what do you prefer? What is your preferred method of writing? Where do you like to choose to write at? What is the space look like? Okay. Oh, man, I'd rather be on a beach. Like, I travel a lot. Um, I do a lot of um, things overseas. You know, I like, I love islands. I love warm weather. I love blue water. So primarily my writing space will be when I travel. Um, outside of that, I like to be outdoors. I like noise. Um, I like um, no, like music in the background. I also have, like, a, a mm-hmm. space in my house that I'm kind of, like, building up to be, like, conducive for writing. So, um, yeah, it just all depends. So I like birds chirping. I like nature and things like that. That would be my ideal um, setting for writing. Okay. What would you say is the most difficult part of writing? Ooh. <laughs> so, um as somebody that's been just very transparent, you know, in hopes of being able to help somebody else, um, like I told you, I am sharing my story and my life. Um, the most difficult part of writing this is we live in those moments. Um, we live in moments of, like, molestation or um, people walking away from you, um, having to raise kids on your own, having to explain to your kids, you know, why they don't see their dad. Um, and have to also be tactful when you respond, right? Because in any situation like that, you want to make sure that 
you're not um, tainting somebody's image regardless of how your relationship ended, right? I want to raise my kids to get to know their parents for who they are, not based off of what I'll say. Because, you know, kids grow up, right, and they get to see who their other, other parent or their absent parent um, or the AWOL parent really is. Um, so I would say, like, the most, the most difficult part about writing is to be living those moments, especially writing, like, a bio, autobiography, like, that's the most difficult part. Okay. Now, you know, with you saying that you are going to tell everything that took place, you know, sometimes family members might feel some type of way because mm-hmm. you might have to paint them in the light that they actually are in. So they might be yeah. like, oh, man, I wasn't that bad, but in reality you <laughs> were that bad. You know, yeah. so what do you, what do your family think about you writing? Yeah, so I'm not. I am literally like the black sheep of the family, right? I grew up in a very very small town, population was shy, two hundred people, um, and I'm the one that left, right? You know, oh, she thinks she's better than everybody because she got out. Where I'm from, you're raised to um, graduate from high school marry your childhood sweetheart and get you get a, a like a factory job that's considered a good job right mm-hmm. um and you raise these kids in the country and you don't leave well I, I always knew that that wasn't for me like I was like eh, that's not really for me so because I left I was automatically being that the outcast or the black sheep and that's because my path wasn't the same as everybody else's. So I went through some things, like I was a victim of home invasion. Like I went through a lot in my my, um, early adulthood. So it's like, dang, like she really went all through that and she survived and then she's still out here like pushing and being a mom and and being positive and and being, you know, somebody in the the community that's shedding light, you know, things like that. So it's kind of like they don't like it. Um, a lot of my family are is, is broken relationships, but I'm, I'm also a firm believer that sometimes we were, like, the older generation, right, they raise kids and they lie to them and they keep secrets. Yeah. And guess what? Now I'm an adult and I'm trying to heal from childhood wounds and I can't function in a relationship or I can't function in a work environment or things like that because I haven't healed from everything I've endured. So, yeah, I'm changing the narrative. (laughs) That's basically what I'm doing. And I really don't care, like, what people think of me, right? I'm free from people. Like That's what I was going to ask you. I really don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, does it bother you to know that they, they feel some type of way? And it shouldn't, especially if you're painting the light that they're acting in. You shouldn't feel yeah. bad about that. They should feel bad that they put you in that situation for you to have to paint that picture, you know. Yeah, exactly, and exactly. Oh, so my next question is this. With all the trauma and everything you went through, right, sometimes mm-hmm. our defense mechanism is to forget certain things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself at moments that you have writer's block trying to remember everything that's happened in the order that it happened in. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that is that, that question is clutch. I'm going to tell you why. Because when I first started writing the series, I literally started in the middle of my life, right? Like in the mm-hmm. middle, like late 20s. That's where I started writing from. And then I was like, wait, I got to mm-hmm. go back and – piece this together and piece that together and piece this together. So as I started piecing things together, it hit me. I'm like, oh, my God, I never got to really get all of those questions from my mom because she was dying, and I only had 60 seconds with her at a time before her brain shut off. So it's like now I have to go to the other party, right? So I had to end up finding my biological father, he was actually in a federal penitentiary. He's been in and out of prison all my life. He's been on drugs, and that's part of the reason why my mom left him with three small kids is because of the drug habit and things like that. So I researched my dad. I found him, 
and I went to um, he was in Butner Prison at the time, and I sat down with him for four hours. Like I'm gonna go in here and get information from him because I was so mad at him because I was, I didn't realize how mad I was at him, but I was like I'm gonna go in here and get the information yeah. from him, and I'm just gonna leave. Well, I went in there, and I sat down with him for four hours, and I cried my eyes out. And the first question I asked him, because he didn't even know who was there to see him, he couldn't. He didn't even recognize me. You know, I'm in my 30s now. So the first thing he asked me was, the first thing I asked him when he sat down was, I was like, where were you? Because I had kids with men like you. So I need some answers. Like, right? You know, I don't want to blame him for my life, but I felt like I was always missing yeah. something. Um, so I was able to get the parts of my life that my mom didn't give me because she was very, very, very careful when she spoke about my father, again, because she didn't want to paint his image. She knew one day I would find him. So, yeah, that's pretty much where I got, like, the beginning of the story because I didn't really remember, like, my childhood. It was like a blur to me. Hmm. Okay. So, w- were you able to get the answers that you wanted, or you think that he didn't know how to answer those questions? Because that's a that's a hard pill for a father to swallow when he's meeting his child for the first time in thirty years. And sometimes men get defensive, like, "Oh, was your mother's fault? Oh, this, this, that, and the third, and not take a seat back and look. At, well, I should have did this different. I should have did that different. I should have, you, you know. So, do you feel like, you know, you were able to close that chapter per se in your life about that with your father? Yes, um, that's that's vital that you brought that up. And the reason I say that is because after I asked him that question, like, where were you? I had kids with men like you that were that, that are absent. His response to me was, what did your mom tell you? I know she told you some things about about me. And I looked at him and I said, my mom was classy. My mom was the epitome of elegance. She never spoke one ill word about you. Did she tell us stories, funny stories? Yeah, and it kind of reminded me, oh, this is kind of where I get my humor from, right? She told us funny stories, but she never, and she was very, very careful so, yes, he was on the defense because the first thing can he expected her to bash him and, and call him out of his name, and she never did. So he didn't even know how to deflect at that point. He was just like, you know what, I'm just going to tell her the truth. He told me the truth. He told me you cheated on my mom. Your mom was super loyal. She was the perfect person. He said, I just love the, the drugs and the streets more than I did my family. So when you ask me about closure, I'll say, yeah, because he was honest. He was transparent. Do I still kind of struggle with it? Will I still need a little bit more therapy because of that? Probably so. But for the most part, I got a lot of answers in that four hours. And you said something very vital that a lot of us don't think we need, and that's therapy. And, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm happy that you are getting it because we need it. We, a lot of us need it, and we're so caught up on, oh, man, you don't need that. That's for this this race. They only go to therapy and this, that. A lot of us are broken and don't even realize that we're broken, you know. Absolutely. Um, so my next question is, um, do you hear much from your, your readers? Have you had anybody stop um, you and sit and talk to you? Okay. Yeah, I do, but it's primarily on social media. Um, they'll message me. I, I kind of die down with doing the promoting and stuff like that. I just haven't been doing it because I felt like when I started promoting or posting my old books and my reviews, people were putting pressure on me mm-hmm. for more content, and I kind of kind of was like, ah, let me just kind of stop posting until I'm close to being finished, but... I do have, like, my third book cover and things like that out. I just got to finish the content and get it out to others. Um, But, yeah, I hear a lot of feedback from them. They write it on Amazon. Um, My family, like, I know I reconnected with, when I connected with my dad, my biological father, I connected with his his sister. And 
oh, man, she's an avid reader, and she, her friends read, and they went and purchased my books, and they supported, and they read it from cover to, and, you know, it was refreshing for them being family on the, the opposing side because they didn't get to grow up with me. They didn't know what my childhood or my adulthood was like. So it was refreshing to them to actually read and catch up on who I am now, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. I get a lot of feedback. They love the series. They just kind of, somebody even told me, like, oh, it kind of reminds me of, like, Sister Soldier, and I'm, like, a diehard Sister Soldier fan, um, a Zane fan. So, yeah, I do get a lot of feedback yeah. from my readers. Okay. Well, you kind of answered my next question earlier in um, two parts. When you said you you were, you couldn't remember from the age of zero to eight, like um, mm-hmm. things. And um, my question was, you you know, if this wouldn't have have happened to you as a child, mm-hmm. do you think that you would have been doing something else? Do you think that this really motivated you to like write? because of the situation with Tiffany, and she told you, hey, listen, I give you 30-day challenge to do this, that, or third. Do you think that things would have been different if you didn't have a story to tell, or you think that you would have still found your way into being a writer? I think I would have still found my way to being, being a writer, but I think it would have been different. Like um, Maybe like I would have went straight into children's books. But, you know, sometimes, you know, us being uncomfortable forced us literally into our purpose. Um, so because I was uncomfortable, you know, I was, uh, here I am. <laughs> but I've always loved to write. I've always loved to read. And it's still a passion of mine to this day. Okay, okay. Outside of writing, do you have any other hobbies that you like? Yes. Yes, I am a football mom. Um, I have five boys, (laughs) ages, yeah, ages three to 13, so they are heavily inundated with football. My 13-year-old plays for the school. He plays for a travel league. He plays for, he plays flag when he's on the off-season, so we do a lot of traveling with that. Um, I also have a motorcycle, so I ride motorcycles. Um, Again, I love nature. I love to travel. Like, I love to see other countries and learn about people's cultures and things like that. And on top of that, I'm just a workaholic. <laughs> like, I love to love fast okay. paced things. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to lie, I could spend a whole hour talking to you and just <laughs> ask you questions only because, you know, you know how you know something, but you really don't know it until – Mm-hmm. Somebody tells you about it, you know. Yeah. And um, we we coming to the end of the show, but mm-hmm. I want you to tell everybody how they can purchase your book, where they can contact you at, and uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of the, the, the listeners are gonna probably be intrigued to to want to purchase your book or find out more, you know, because that takes that takes a lot of courage. To do what you're doing a lot, you know. And again, I applaud you for it. I really do. You know. So if I, you can, just yeah. leave everybody your information. Definitely, I definitely appreciate you guys having me on the show. Um, I, again, I'm Tanisha Zoa on Instagram. It's at author Tanisha T A U N I S. Um, my books are on Amazon. Um, it's called The Shameless Plug Series, The Curse of My Father. And part one and part two are up there. You can Google The Shameless Plug or you can Google my name and they will pop up if you have any questions or you have a book club that you want me to donate some books to. Please, please reach out and I look forward to hearing from you guys. I, and let me tell you something. I am I am truly and and Yvonne to tell you, this is the first time I'm speechless. <laughs> wow, I really you. enjoyed oh, wow. you. Yeah, I, not, I really enjoyed you. I did not. Oh, I did you. not expect. I, I, yo, so listen. I come into these these interviews Very like okay, this is what we're gonna do or whatever. And uh, I, you 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 like blew my mind with a whole bunch of stuff. Right. And I'm like, wow. Like, how did you, ooh. 
you know. But you never know what a person's going through, you know. Right. You never know. Um, yeah, thank thank God for people like you that have best. a platform to. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, we would love for you to come I, back I whenever you, you want to come back. Yeah, I will if be you got any books that's coming out <laughs> and you want to talk about it or whatever, you reach out and we will definitely bring you on the show. Definitely bring you because right. I'm pretty sure a couple right. of people will want to know about that that series. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for your platform. Thank you for your obedience to doing this. It's it's just awesome. (laughs) Definitely one of my goals. Yeah. Appreciate you again. All right. Well, have a good night. We care to you too. Good night. Okay, everyone, and we want to thank you all. Yes. Yes, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in to the show. That does it for us. And tune into our show Saturday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time for our Sexy Saturday. Good night, everybody. Good night.